Where you talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love, and we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, back again, back again. Yes, I'm excited. I, uh, I, I feel like I've been podcasting like every day this week because I did the episode for the Patreon about um, for the Taylor Swift <laughs> angle, okay. which was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I spent way too much time talking about um, Taylor Swift's history of Easter eggs and whether or not. Uh, she's created a monster in people who are reading into every little thing she does. She has. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so there are some thoughts uh, on there if you want to check it out. Um, mm-hmm. Our Patreon is growing and I'm excited to get to do another bonus episode with you, which um, we got to get scheduled. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> little housekeeping on the books. Um, but uh, I'm excited for this episode. I I dug up a bunch of weird stories that I forgot happened and also just happened. So I feel like there's oh. good stuff. But did we get any? I'm glad did we get you a review? got stuff. Oh yes, we did. Um, let me pull it up really quick because I forgot that uh, forgot that we were doing that. Also, I have I complained to you about the new po- Apple Podcasts setup yet because it's very complicated. Oh, Apple Pod. Is it worse than Spotify's new setup? Because I don't I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't listen. I don't ever listen to podcasts on Spotify. So well, Spotify's unclear. whole app has changed to weird. Oh, well, yes. Sorting that, features yes, and teeny hate. tiny mm-hmm. buttons you have to yes. touch and your mm-hmm. your playlists get all out of sorts and you're just like, where is everything? So I yeah. have strong feelings about that. I haven't encountered the same on Apple Podcasts. Oh, well, Apple Podcasts is also convoluted. But we got a um, review from Shelby Hall 14 who says, P.S. <laughs> this podcast is amazing. I listened <laughs> yes. to Shelby from Swiftish and they uh-huh. have had crossover episodes to this show. I love listening to Matt and Shelby give each other so much sass that I became a full-time listener. I am not someone who watches a lot of movies or TV shows, mainly because my children are normally watching our main TV. But I love listening to Matt and Shelby talk about all pop culture things. A lot of times they have piqued my interest in things I would have never knew to watch, but I really just find their show funny and enjoyable. I feel like I am knowledgeable about all pop culture things without really having to keep up. (laughs) Perfect. We're doing our jobs then. That's great. That's what we're here for, honestly. Yes. Oh my gosh, we nailed it. That's Mm -hmm. that's what we set out to do and look at what we've accomplished. We're just bring you know, we're we're opening the gates to one and to all. So (laughs) you're welcome. Yes, whether you love pop culture or whether you know nothing about pop culture, (laughs) we are here. Yeah, and and we are the experts. You cannot find anyone more knowledgeable than us. Oh no. Don't no, even bother. No, no <laughs> one even close to as qualified. Yeah. Um which I'm going to prove because I wanted to talk about um this news story. Honestly, I just saw it pop up. It I shouldn't have read the article cuz it was a long one, but I couldn't resist. Um I know you're sick of talking about the bachelor, but Rachel Lindsay, um, who was the first black bachelorette and who's been sort of a outspoken proponent of, you know, (laughs) Mm anti-racism in the show and has had 
it's a convoluted history. We've talked about it a lot on this show. Basically, um, in the last season of The Bachelor with Matt James, there was the issue with his first pick, Rachel Kirkconnell, where she had a pretty uh, racist incident in her past where she attended this sort of, um, what did they call it? Like a like a casual ball at you know just an old plantation (laughs) celebrating the antebellum as as kimmy schmidt's um (laughs) queen of the kkk kkk ball but yes it was close (laughs) yeah and so people were uh understandably upset about this um and the lack of communication about the issue and chris harrison came on and was like what's the big deal show her grace like honestly you guys are being so mean to this poor little white girl that got him some backlash which has now resorted in him being let go from the show with a with a comfortable eight-figure deal exit Uh package um but rachel has officially sort of just (laughs) jettisoned her relationship with the bachelor into into the next honestly just out of this universe into the next because um she released a op-ed with vulture detailing her experience with the with the um there's the show the fandom why she decided to exit what she remains disappointed by and it was such a good read honestly she's one of the more you know um (laughs) well-spoken people to come out of this show of usually pretty uh uh, dumb blondes who just sit there and uh, you know sell you uh, gummy bear hair care um she obviously was able to pivot from a career as a lawyer into a uh I i guess what are they what are they called she's like a spoke like a tv host for extra (laughs) yeah or something yeah and so she she has a good head on her shoulders and um watching her eviscerate this toxic side of well honestly the core of the bachelor itself um was really satisfying but it was also just interesting as a longtime watcher to sort of see her talk about the behind the scenes machinations of how it all works and how she was pretty much targeted from her first audition. Like she just walked into, they have like these city, honestly, Matt, you should keep an eye out because every now and then they'll, they'll announce that they're doing casting in a certain city and you just like walk in one day and, and see how far you get in the process. Oh, you think they're going to cast me for the bachelor? <laughs> I'm saying there, there could be an opportunity, you know, okay. you got to get on there. You could, you could think of what it could do for this show. You know, sacrifices must be made and this is your opportunity as okay, a single gotcha, one. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Anyways, she walked in. Well, they immediately were like... your opportunity, Shelby. That is, <laughs> that's a big plot twist. You could say, you could say you're in an open marriage. Oh, yeah. Have I don't they know tackled really that on the show? That. No, 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 no. But no. think this about the very... drama. Think about yeah, the but drama. <laughs> the optics. Um, but so she was pretty much pinned as the next Black Bachelorette or the first black bachelorette, but she had to go through the show of the bachelor first. And so in this article, she talks about how producers were like, Oh, you should try this. Oh, you should do this. Don't do that because we only do that with people. We don't want to get far. And like basically groomed her to be one of the top five. She said there were real feelings there, but that her and the bachelor at the time knew that they weren't going to like be forever, but it's like such a weird world. And you're just so wrapped up in, what's right in front of you because you're completely blocked off from the rest of reality. Um, But it was just interesting to see how she really just like 
she didn't hold anything back because we'd heard some things here and there about like, oh yeah, they do this. Oh yeah, they knew I would do this and like blah, 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 blah. But once she got into talking about when she was on her season, she was like, they cast these pretty problematic white dudes. They didn't give me a diverse cast, even though I had said that I was into, you know, people of color and I had this mainly white cast and they cast black men who'd never dated white women and had these issues with dating black women that I then had to navigate on this show and that I was constantly crying not because of the you know romantic emotional drama but because these producers were staring at me with like dumb eyes trying to be like well what's the big deal like uh, I don't know like it's just a show (laughs) and she's like you're asking me to educate you about um you know black blackness in this in this country while also trying to be like this you know the exceptional black woman to uh justify you taking a chance on diversity here and so you can sort of see how her history really bubble i mean not even the the experience just was toxic from the get-go and how that just continued to disappoint her as things continued to go badly and so finally she's like yeah i'm i'm like done with them like i <laughs> I've deleted their numbers. I don't want to be engaged in any sort of, you know, reunion show, any surprise date host, like none of it. I'm over it. Obviously, people can reach out to me if they need anything, like like contestants and whatever. And I'm and she's hopeful that Michelle Young season, which will come this fall, will be a more positive experience. But it was frankly a very um engaging read. And and I've always I liked Rachel, but I think what was interesting too is she talked about how her edit of her show as The Bachelorette was focused on this white guy she ended up not choosing, like the second place guy. And it's true. I like remember watching and being like, oh, Rachel is such a dick to him. Like he was so nice. (laughs) And like, oh, she chose this loser, Brian, who was just so goofy and boring. And she like talks about how behind the scenes that was happening intentionally because they wanted to frame the show as like, oh, look at this angry black woman. And like, she just broke this poor white guy's heart. And isn't she just, it's a mess. And so I like that she finally just put it all out there in one central document for people to finally um, take in and appreciate and kind of wrestle with as, as they look to what the show will do going forward, because they've made statement after statement that like, oh, we hear you, we see you, we're going to do better. So um, all eyes are on the Bachelor <laughs> uh, nation at this time to see what they do next. I guess. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I saw this expose and then I saw people on Twitter, you know, talking about it. And I was like, I could read this, but it looks long. And also, I know nothing about this. And I'm sure that Shelby will read it. So I'll just wait and let yeah. her tell me about it. You're so, welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, That's what just my husband said, out. too. So. <laughs> Exactly. Well, and I was like, I didn't even watch her season, so I'm sure they're going to be talking about things, and I'm like, I have no idea who any of these people are. Mm, Speaking of groups that all eyes are focused on them, though, uh, the HFPA, the group that does the Golden Globes, is back in the press again. Because two of their members, and remember, they only have like 60 members or something (laughs) to begin with, quit. So they resigned and they published this really like scathing rebuke that basically said that 
the HFPA is pretending that they are like fixing things, but really the org- the people inside like don't want to fix anything. They're just changing the quote unquote window dressing. And they said the majority of the membership resists transformative change despite our lawyers and spokespersons suggesting otherwise publicly. So now it's like, okay, they've already lost their television deal. A yeah. lot of these networks are like, we're not doing it. Or studios are like, yeah, we're not doing anything with you. And now even their like supposed changes that are happening are being called into question so i feel like this really could be the end of the golden globes like will we ever do another oh golden my Globes episodes? How i don't know sad. <laughs> i mean it's good but it, it, that's that's wild to think i mean what will emily in paris season two even do if they don't have the golden globes well i mean i'll watch it still we'll yeah. do an episode on it <laughs> you're right oh that is interesting though i it seems harder and harder for these these people these industries to get away with not doing anything because obviously people are paying attention and you know we have proof of whatever they said they'd try to do so Mm -hmm. it's weird when they try when they try to just like do the least amount possible whether you're chrissy teigen or the hfpa i guess or actually, perfect pivot into another story that was interesting, um, Victoria's Secret. <laughs> I don't know if you heard anything about this. but No, I they, have no idea what this is. They, they had had a pretty problematic, I mean, history. But last year, there was a lot of issues about the sexism, especially around their, um, their runway-like show where they refused to have bigger girls they refused to have transgender girls the the ceo at the time was like well we are selling a fantasy and that's just not attractive type thing mm-hmm. and so immediately backlash and they've been sitting on their butts you know thinking about what they could do better and um the big announcement this week is that they have decided to do away with their angels the victoria's angels and um and instead center around this new <laughs> group called the vs collective that's going to highlight real women you know women famous not for their looks but for their achievements so it's like um megan rapinoe the soccer store star um priyanka chopra um uh eileen gu who is a uh, american freestyle skier and olympian um just like people uh, plus size women um all these sort of things where it's like, they're still gorgeous women, you know, like it's not that they, I mean, they're selling lingerie, so whatever they want to do, but their whole angle was that they're like, oh, um, we wanted to get this group of accomplished women to serve as ambassadors to share that we we want women to want our lingerie. Like we, we realized we were misogynistic in the past that, that it was all through the male gaze and that we were really trying to sell that if a man wants you, then that's what, then, then you, then you made it. And so now they're, they're being like, well, this is going to solve it. Right. Like this is, this is what you guys wanted. Right. And so, (laughs) um, you know, props to them. They're on one side, they are this huge industry that's taking on an, an entire new branding, which, is impressive that they're willing to go for that because a lot of these companies will just like sit around, wait for the memory to die and then go back to business as usual. So they are attempting to change things, but at the heart of it, there's still Victoria's Secret and they still struggle to like have um, high quality merchandise for anyone who's not a size zero, um, you know, with the uh, your traditional thin waist, big boob type thing. So 
I think um, these ambassadors, as they've, you know, talked about this exciting new opportunity, they've been like, yeah, we're going to make sure that there's more sizing available, both online and in stores. We want plus size model, like plus size mannequins in the stores, like all this sort of stuff. So will it be a positive change that can save Victoria's Secret from its uh, slow death into um, irrelevancy as better brands come on board. I don't know, but I mean, I guess it's good that they're trying something. Yeah. I mean, at least there sounds like they're moving in somewhat of a better direction. These sort of like diversity campaigns that these brands put out are always interesting to me because they're like, Oh, we're like finding normal people, like regular people, yeah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it, all the people that they get are always still gorgeous. They're just like slightly outside of the box of what <laughs> yeah. used to be like. So instead of a size four, they're, oh, they're a size 10, but they're still like exactly curvy in exactly the right way. They still have a gorgeous face, like beautiful skin, whatever. They're like, I've yet, I feel like to see a campaign that is actually like, oh, these look like average people like off the street that you would find. Yeah. They're still very like curated. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because it's like their announcement isn't these women in the lingerie they're really selling. It's like the classic black and white, like face portraits where it's like, <laughs> it's like, well, what are you going to do? Like when so are it's they Christmas time to... and you have to sell like lingerie, what's your angle here? <laughs> right. Like, is, like, are they going to get, you know, Megan yeah, Rapinoe like to <laughs> be in the I don't, yeah. yeah we'll see it's like it'll it'll be like ari i guess like the real curves or real women campaign they do i don't know it'll be interesting and it's also victoria's secret isn't a well-respected brand amongst women it's it's mainly men who buy things from there because it's the only <laughs> brand they're aware of so i mean will this help people circle back to them when there's so many other options out there i don't know but good well, for them. i feel like they're um their like loungewear or whatever was very popular for a while. Yes, but, I, but but I don't know if that's still a thing or not. Yeah, you mean like the sweatpants with pink on the butt or? Yeah, well, <laughs> I feel like my sister has a lot of like like the sweatshirts and yeah. whatever that that was sort of like a or like you'd have a water bottle that says pink like that was kind of a thing. Oh, yeah, but for but sure. I, I feel like that was maybe like 2013. So maybe, <laughs> maybe that's out of style as well. <laughs> Not really in uh, invested in the lingerie space. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> um, one last like weird story though that sort of relates to this because of the fashion angle. Did you see this picture of Tommy Dorfman and Lucas Hedges that was all over Twitter? It's the it's like the strangest photo series that I've ever seen just like as far as the outfits that are going on that the two of them are wearing and it's one of those pictures where like the more you look at it the more strange things you see where it's you know it's like what like tag yourself or whatever it's like I'm the weird earring I'm the whatever so it's it's Tommy Dorfman who is non-binary and married to a guy and he is like out with Lucas Hedges I guess they're friends and they're holding hands in these pictures so they like sort of look like a couple but Wait, I guess I don't they're... even recognize Lucas in this right, picture exactly you don't really <laughs> recognize either of them I feel like they both are like different like very different from the images that they have in the movies so then Tommy Dorfman's wearing this like long floor length bright orange dress but then has like the blue cheap surgical mask like 
like tied up on his arm like people do sometimes and then lucas hedges is wearing like these knee-high leather like high heel boots and then he's got long hair he's got these short jorts on he's got a bucket hat it's just like the oddest the fashion choices just like and so many it's like 40 yeah. fashion choices in one picture and then it's like are they dating no we don't think so but it looks like they are but maybe it's an open relation it's just every I'm, yeah I'm my twitter was a buzz with this photo yeah. and i was like <laughs> we need you know to i saw this. this i saw someone be like omg i'm dead but i just like scrolled past it because i didn't recognize either of them so this is really i mean i have to go back and i'm, I'm just like really looking at this closely now yeah. So interesting. Well, I don't know if it was related, but uh, this tweet went viral that was like, the normalization of homosexuality has really ruined um, male, like the portrayal of male friendship uh, in media. So, so do you feel like this is like, should they just be allowed to hold hands or does it need to mean that they're dating? I mean, I think they can just hold hands if they want to. <laughs> Are you sure though? Because like Matt, it's like it's ruining everyone's like, well, what are they? You know? It's like if they're holding out the I guess because I also feel like I saw some tweets that circled that the movie Luca, the new Pixar oh, movie, yes. which I did not see, but again it was sort of like, are they friends or are they not? <laughs> like, hmm. well, this is a if you're done, this is a good segue because that's okay, what yes. I was going to talk about for my love it or hate oh, it. Oh, perfect, go for I it. Feel I feel like we're really it. we're really kicking through this episode right now. This is moving fast. Um, but uh, I watched Luca, which, as you said, is the new Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's available on Disney Plus. You don't have to pay extra for this one. I don't know how they pick and choose which ones are free, but it seems to be about uh, the color skin, but that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, uh, we talked about, I think, on our year preview or something. It's about um, a sea monster who wants to go to the surface and kind of live as a real human boy. Um, and he has to, he meets this other sea monster who is, and they kind of decide to go to this Italian seaside town and, and, and try and escape by winning this best. But it's all like very wrapped up in like Italy and, and the gorgeous coast and this idea of, I don't know, small town, whatever. It's very, 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 very like simple. Like I, like I'll, I'll preface it to say that I liked it. I didn't, I wasn't wowed by it. It didn't feel like a Pixar movie for better or worse. I think in some ways that was a strength because it felt different and kind of unique. Um, but it also lacked sort of the, the gut punch you come to expect from a Pixar film. Mm-hmm. And the story didn't feel as well finessed as some of their other offerings. This definitely borrows from a lot of that Disney, you know, it's like the little mermaid meets, um, oh, dang it. It reminded me of another one and I didn't write it down. But it's kind of like literal fish out of water, but it's also best friends. And so it's like, it's that summertime vibe. But there is like a definite <laughs> queer subtext that I I know people have been talking about one because it has the similar, you know, vibe of call, call me by your name simply because, you know, uh, Italian location. countryside mm-hmm. to pretty boys who are <laughs> friendly friends. Um, but, and I don't think it, you know, I, I watched it and I was like, I think this operates as like, Oh, 
male friendship. And I don't think it meant to be like, oh, there's so much sexual tension here. But the queer subtext for me was more in this like portrayal of like, oh, you can't let anyone know you're different or they'll hurt you type thing. And like, you have to find Mm -hmm. your people where it's safe. And there's this scene with the mother, like when they're sea monsters under the sea. And she's like prepared to send her child to the to the depths of the ocean with one of the other sea creatures where there's no sunlight and no other people because she's like we just need to get this out of you like you can't live you can't do that it's just too dangerous it's just it's not safe and it felt very much like boy erase like let's get this kid out like we need to beat this out of him type thing and it's all like i liked that it was you know subtle enough that people could read into it how they want because i think that's that is a um strength to a lot of stories um not to say that there shouldn't also be space for very loud and out there stories to exist too. But I think when you're dealing with like, I don't know, 11 year olds or whatever they're meant to portray in here, it was just like a very sweet story about finding your first like true friend, like realizing that you get to Mm -hmm. choose the people that you like and interact with. Mm -hmm. And so it was very sweet, but I think where it fell short was kind of the wrap up where it all became like very, (laughs) it was just like very suddenly done. It was like, Oh, like the tension just like popped like a balloon. There wasn't really any emotional like moment for someone to be like, Oh no, we accept you. Like this is your community. Like, yes, it just was kind of like, Oh, okay. We don't care. Like it's fine. And it was like, Mm. okay, cool. Um, But all in all, it was like sweet. And it was also differently animated. Like it almost felt like claymation-y more than like true to life type, you know, Mm -hmm. get as close to reality as possible with water and trees and skies and whatever. It was very like Wallace and Gromity. And um, it was interesting, but it was fun. Like, I think it's a movie you can watch if you're, if you're curious about it. I, I, I think it was like a, a fresh take on a, in the Pixar family. So. Interesting. Yeah. I want to watch it. Um, but I also feel like I heard very little about it other than just this. Yeah. Well, is it queer or is it queer (laughs) or whatever? And yeah, I don't know if it's done well or not. It's, I guess it's hard to say if they're put on streaming, but yeah, Yeah. I'm sure I'll watch it at some point. Um, I've been watching the show hacks. Have you watched this? No. So this is the, it's an HBO show. I think it's wrapped up now. I still have like one or two episodes left in the season, but it's a comedy starring Gene Smart and this girl named Hannah Einbinder, who I'd never heard of before. And mm-hmm. basically the premise is Gene Smart is this like old sort of washed up stand-up comedian who has had a Vegas residency for like decades. And the casino is sort of like, Hey, we got to bump you for newer talent. And she's like, no, I'm a legend. Like I was a trailblazer, especially for female comedians. Like you can't get rid of me like this. And then at the same time, there's this young sort of up and coming, maybe like Lena Dunham esque type writer. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Like I say that not in a, she doesn't remind you of <laughs> Lena Dunham at all. It's just like she's that like like the just, young sort right, of right. like I write for the internet. Like I'm a right. comedian joke type of person. And she sort of gets canceled in LA for some tweet that she has sent out. And so she's also kind of like out in the doghouse. And so their agent, who is the same person, pairs them together and is like, hey, you're going to Las Vegas to help this older comedian like zhuzh up her jokes a little bit and attempt to save this residency. Mm. And so 
I feel like you would really like it because it's about like these two women from like different generations who are in the same business, like kind of trying to understand each other. It is funny at parts, but also it's like a, it's HBO. So, you know, it's more like dramedy ish sort of. Right. And it's fun because the whole thing shot in Las Vegas. So there's lots of like glitz and glamor and yeah, the, the supporting cast is really fun. Paul Downs is in it and Caitlin Olsen and um, Megan Stalter, who, uh, who you probably recognize from TikTok. She like, oh. she's a TikTok comedian. She has sort of like cat eyeliner always. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it's a fun show and it's like a, an easy breezy sort of like quick watch, but also has some like more impactful stuff. So, so is it just the same as like late night? It is very similar-ish to Late Night, but I think a lot better than Late Night. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's that not hard sense. to do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the, it's the, yeah, it's a similar premise, but the execution is much better, I think. Okay, cool. Well, I'm looking for something new to watch, so maybe you'll get me to, to try something again. Yeah, and it's short, you know? So yeah. <laughs> always easy. Um, well, Okay. We'll be back on Thursday with another episode. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media. We're at PSU Wrong. And like Shelby said, there's a Patreon, which we have new episodes out on. And then also there's merch. And you can send us an email at PSURong at gmail.com. You can leave us a review. So many different ways. To yes. <laughs> and we'll be back on Thursday. Bye, guys. <laughs>